Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. Hey, man, we must be doing something right. We got even better graphics now. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome aboard, man. What an absolutely sensational time of the year we are in. The stretch run of the NFL. We're in the stretch run, man. This is where we're going to see seedings. This is where we're going to see true contenders. This is where people are going to fall off. This is where you're going to find out whether or not certain teams like the Dallas Cowgirls are real or not real. Jerry, get in the way. Holy cow, man. This is without a doubt one of the best times of the year. I can't wait to see this weekend. I believe it's week 15 of the National Football League. And boy, I'll tell you what, there's some significant games. That Thursday night game too, Chargers and Chiefs, baby, that thing's going to be absolutely sensational. Now, as you know, how we start the show off, please hit the like button. My God, you guys were absolutely sensational. Yesterday, really, the last couple months on hitting the like button, you get us over 100 likes every single show. Thank you so much for making this baby the fastest-growing sports show on YouTube. Jacob Media, man, we can't thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And every single one of the Big Sills Army, you guys have made this bad puppy grow and grow, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled to death. Xander and I just love you guys, man, and we appreciate everything that you guys are doing for us here because without you, there is no Big Sill show, so we thank you guys so much. All right, now this is how we're going to do it. I see people lining up already. I'm going to get to you guys in a minute here, okay? Hang in there. I want to throw a couple topics off for you, okay? As you know, we had Seth Joyner on with us yesterday. I thought Seth was brilliant. Had a great conversation with him, too, after the show, man. He's going to come on once a month for us. We're so looking forward to having him on, Gary Cobb. You know, those guys have been absolutely awesome to the show. How great is it? We now have a mainstay in Seth Joyner and in Gary Cobb each and every single month here on the Dan Cilio Show. And as you know, you know, each and every single Monday on the National Football Show, you know, we have, we have Gary Cobb from Fox 29. So it is absolutely awesome. All right. So I'm not sure if you guys heard the news today. I was on with Harry Mays earlier, and we did the middle, which is always great doing it with Harry. I love broadcasting with him. I think he's such a pro. But we had some news from John McMullen, our very own John McMullen, our NFL Eagle insider. And he reported that Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts were taking reps, and they were taking equal amount of reps because it seems right now that Jalen Hurts is still a little bit banged up. Now, is this gamesmanship? Are they trying to make it so that publicly you're trying to throw that out there that Washington has to game plan for both Gardner Minshew and for Jalen Hurts. There could be some of that as well. But why in a stretch run here are you throwing that out right now? Are you trying to get some type of sportsmanship, gamesmanship, advantage against Washington and a guy like Ron Rivera? Ron Rivera is not going to bite on that. 
he's going to have his football team prepared for both guys. Now, does that mean more work, more study work, more game film? You know, Ron Rivera is going to have his football team prepared. He's one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. That's where he cut his chops. He cut his chops on being a hell of a coordinator. I thought he was a fantastic coordinator for Marty Schottenheimer back in the day, even North Turner, when they were with the Chargers in San Diego. He was fantastic. And he'll, he'll be ready. But I think the real thing is, why would the Eagles throw that out? You think they've made their decision up? This makes me believe that they've made their decision. And I think they're going to do everything in their power to upgrade the position. Now, follow me here, guys. I don't think they're saying Jalen's out in 2022. I don't think they're saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying this. I think they've come to the conclusion that they're doing this. Well, if I could get to Sean Watson or Russell Wilson, why wouldn't we upgrade? We've talked about this in the past. If I can upgrade, I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to do it. What's wrong with that? Are we comfortable with that? Hey, Jalen Hurts may get 2022. But it's not set in stone. That's how I read this because, look, man, I'm a, and by the way, you don't do that to franchise quarterbacks with four games left. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Tom Brady's banged up. Okay? Kyler Murray's banged up. You don't sit here and go like this. Well, you know what? A 70% Jalen Hurts isn't good enough for us to win, so we're going to put Gardner Minshew in. I think that tells me a lot here, okay? Are are we in agreement, okay? Are we in agreement that they've decided already on the direction that they're going? And I think the direction is this. We're going to do everything in our power to upgrade. And if we can't, we're going to be comfortable with Jalen in 2022. I think we come to that conclusion. Also, as I mentioned, Seth Joyner, was on the program yesterday, and he said something. Oh boy, I'll tell you what. He said something. He said a bunch of stuff. And he believes that the Philadelphia Eagles, he used the word botched. That's code for fucked up. The development of Jalen Hurts. And guess what? What a take. Xander and I were talking about that. Man, he hit that thing right square on the nail. Think about how he kind of like laid out the mistakes that the Eagles made. Think about what they have done, you know, in in New England with Mac Jones. And he brought this up, and I'll even say this. I added to the conversation. Look at what they did when they were in Pittsburgh, when they got Roethlisberger from Miami of Ohio. What was the fundamental thing this year that they did with Mac Jones? Mac Jones was not going to throw the ball a ton of times. They were going to develop a running attack, strong in the O-line. They were going to play lights-out defense. Hell, they spent over $300 million in player contracts in the offseason to plug holes on the defensive side of the football. And by the way, they've panned out. As of right now, the Patriots are the top seed in the AFC. I mean, they are a football team that you don't want to play in bad weather, right? And what did they do how they did the development with Mac? Like, again. 
two Mondays ago, they threw the ball three times. Now, albeit, I get it, and Seth even said it too. The weather dictated a lot of that, but still, you were not going to throw the ball ten times in that game. That was a game plan. Why did the Eagles do that from the jump? Why didn't they do that? You knew going in. How many times did Brian Baldinger come on this program and say that the Eagles have one of the top five offensive lines in the league? How did you not know that? You had to have known that just by watching practice tape, watching the old line dominate the defensive front. How did you not know that? There is no way. Now, does that come with the influence of Howie Roseman parachuting down in and saying, hey, man, just like Seth said yesterday, they don't like running backs and linebackers on the Eagle roster. This is a Joe Banner, Howie Roseman deal. What, for whatever reason, they don't like linebackers and running backs. They don't spend money, and they don't spend assets when it comes to draft choices on those two positions. Shit, I can't remember the last time you guys drafted an all-pro linebacker. I, I can't. I mean, so he had really great points here. Really great. Do you, and you buy into the fact. This also tells me a little bit. So wait a minute. Figure what Seth said here, too. He goes like this. Dude, the style that Jalen plays, that's not the style that they were trying to be. Then they realized who they were. You got a good glimpse of what the Eagles want at the beginning of the year by doing this. We want to be a passing team. Then all of a sudden they came to the realization, yeah, but this is who we are. And I'm not sure the Eagle front office is comfortable with that. I don't think they're comfortable with being a team like Tennessee. I don't think they like that. They want to be a team more like the Chargers. They want to be a team like the Rams that throw the ball down the field. That's more in their alley. But then they realized who they are. You know, it's one thing to want something. It's one thing to sit there and look at the Ferrari in the, in the window and go, man, I really want that. Then it's another thing to look at your bank account and go, yeah, but this is who I am. Okay, you can want all that stuff, motivates you, all that, but this is who I am. I'm not that. I want that, but this is who I am. And I think a lot of organizations struggle with that. Coming to grips with who you are. New England doesn't. This is who we are. This is what we're going to be. You just spent 21 years being with Tom Brady, and then you came to the conclusion, we cannot be anything other than Let's go back to the fundamentals of 2001 when we had Tom Brady. Let's run the hell out of the ball, play lights out defense. We're awesome on special teams, and let's be that team. And that team has transformed them into being the top seed, like I said, in the AFC. All right. Let's get to your comments. You guys know, look, again, each and every single day we flood it up here. By the way, hour two, our Hall of Fame voter and from Sports Illustrated, Howard Balzer, is going to be with us. He also covers the Arizona Cardinals. Are you still buying the Cardinals as one of the top three teams in the NFL? We'll talk to him. That'll be an hour, too. I set it up that way so that we can get everything going here. 
And as you guys know, like I said, you guys hit the like button right out of the gate. We take your thoughts. I read them. We go back and forth, and we have ourselves a hell of a time here. So we really appreciate it, and let's start it off with Chris. We lit up the Falcons with the pass, and Nick got pass happy. Yeah, that was fool's gold, right? Eastside Monster, they want a flashy cherry red Corvette. That's right, dude. And guess what? That's not who they are. You're more of a F-150. You're more something like that, and there's nothing wrong with an F-150, dog. It's reliable. It's durable. It's bad weather, good weather. That's who the Eagles are. The Eagles want to be a Ferrari. They're not. They're an F-150. They hate the fact that they can't be the Bentley. Okay? Chris said Ford's a trash. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Right? You're not the Ferrari. How many Ferrari offenses are there in the NFL? Let's take a look at that. Packers, Bucks, Rams. But look who's signal calling for him. These guys are all elite throwers of the football. Kansas City. Okay? Kansas City. All these guys. Incredible, man. You got Jalen Hurts right now. This is who you are. Nothing wrong with that. Tennessee, by the way, is the number two seed in the AFC. And they got Ryan Tannehill. I guarantee you, people in Tennessee are having the same conversation with us or like us going like this. Man, we got Ryan Tannehill. This sucks. You're the two seed in the AFC. And they hate who they are. Right? Michael says, they're trying to build a dome team. We play in Philly. <laughs> Boy, there could be truth to that. Dude, I, I hate dome teams. Those dome teams all get killed outside, too, when they have to go on the road. Every time, you know, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, and I'll tell you something, Michael. The greatest home field advantage in the history of the National Football League was taken away from the Minnesota Vikings once they put the lid on the stadium. Man, when you used to have to go up to Metropolitan Stadium and play in minus 30-degree wind, ice, rain, snow banks, slush, and you had to go up to Minneapolis and play outside like that? Why do you think the Vikings were so dominant back in the 70s and early 80s? Nobody wanted to go up to that place and play. I think that's one of the reasons why the Buffalo Bills have a great home field advantage at their dome, or at their place, I should say. Ralph Wilson Stadium is an absolutely great home field. It's a great home field. That's why most of the time those northern, those northern teams, outside of the Patriots, right? Every time they go to those sunny facilities when they're hosting Super Bowls, that's why they get their asses kicked. Let's see here. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. Michael, that's a slick comment. I love it. You guys aren't a dome, dome team. God, don't ever build your team to be a freaking dome team. Just don't. Saint says, hey, Sills, caught you on the middle of the day. Hey, man, I, I, I love Harry Mays. I really do. I, I, I really love Harry Mays. All right. Guys, can I throw this at you, Hill, here? If I were to tell you this, let's play a game here. 
What quarterback is trending to do these numbers? 3,730 passing yards. 28 touchdowns and six interceptions. 63.3 completion percentage. And a 96.6 quarterback rating. Who am I talking about? Who am I talking about? I'll do it again. 3,728. Okay. 3,728. 28 touchdowns. Six picks. 63.3 percentage in completions and 96.6 QBR. That's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to have 28 touchdowns and only six interceptions this year. What did you guys do to him in Philly? That's a franchise fucking quarterback. What did you do to him in Philly? You mean to tell me Frank Reich has made that much of a difference? And they got the Patriots this weekend. So this guy's on pace for 4,000 passing yards, 28 touchdowns versus six picks. And you call this guy a loser? I'm, I, I, I must not be reading these right here. Why did you dump him? Because he had an ass with the quarterback they drafted in the second round? That sounds like an organizational thing to me. You needed to do everything in your power to make sure that that guy felt comfortable. Hey, by the way, Aaron Rodgers got butt hurt when they drafted Jordan Love. So when Aaron Rodgers got butt hurt, I get it. He's got a little different of a resume. And maybe if he got butt hurt, you should listen. Gutekets had to listen, and so did Murphy. Those guys needed to listen more because that guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer, whereas Wentz hasn't built that asset up yet, or I should say that that commodity up in his locker room yet. But guys, Chalk It Up Sports Philly says that he didn't want to be here. Did, did he really say that? Or is this another one of those reports where people are reporting that he didn't want to be here? The same people that reported that Russell Wilson didn't want to be here. But again, Russell Wilson had to address those comments and say, I never said that. Carl says Wentz is on his honeymoon. Wentz ain't on any honeymoon. Don't think that for a second. There's no honeymoon. He's got to prove that he is not that guy last year in Philly. He's got to prove he's not that guy to people in that locker room. Now, I saw somebody said earlier, Jonathan Taylor, no question. Jonathan Taylor has made an enormous impact, okay? He's made an enormous impact on Hurts not having to carry the mail, Okay? Quarterbacks get butt hurt nowadays, guys. When somebody looks like they're going to draft their replacement, why do you think they went to Tom Brady? 
And they said, hey, Tom, we're going to draft Kyle Trask. They even told Tom Brady on draft day they were taking a quarterback in the second round. They took the kid from Florida. They didn't want Brady to get all sideways. 44-year-old, seven-time champion Tom Brady was told, hey, guess what? We're drafting a quarterback, Tom. They gave Tom a heads up. They gave Alex Smith a heads up in Kansas City. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo a heads up. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo has shown nothing but leadership this year. In my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo should be the comeback player of the year. If he gets that team to the postseason, he's a comeback player of the year. With all the shit he's had to deal with, bringing in Trey Lance, them kicking the tires on Matthew Stafford, all of that, man, that is really an unbelievable opportunity. Hey, man, I got to give my boy some credit here because I just found a better comeback player of the year. You know, Garoppolo was injured last year, so they'll probably go there. How about Carson Wentz as your comeback player of the year? Oh, my God, Philly. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on for a second. You're telling me the comeback player of the year is going to come down between Garoppolo and Wentz. And you let that guy go. Nick, yeah. Nick, I think it's Wentz. What do you think the media in Philly respond to that if he wins that award? Wow. I'm kind of caught by it. Who's a better quarterback, Wentz or Hurts? (laughs) Here's Jalen's numbers and what he's trending to. 3,000 passing yards. Actually, it's 2,997. 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. 60.1 completion percentage. 83.9. And quarterback rating. You downgraded from quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles downgraded. You don't want to downgrade again. Because the only place you're going to downgrade is to the seller of the NFC East. You downgraded. Wentz is on pace for 3,700 passing yards and 28 touchdowns versus six picks. And his team is in a position to make the playoffs, and they got a gigantic game against the Patriots this weekend. Nick, right. How he downgraded. How he downgraded. Just like he downgraded in his coach. You mean to tell me you think Nick Sirianni's a better coach than Doug Peterson? I don't think so. How about this? Nick Sirianni's a better coach than Urban Meyer will ever be. Nick Sirianni will never be the coach Doug Peterson is. Until he wins one of those shiny trophies, yeah, but I want a Super Bowl. Why do you think John Gruden signed a $100 million deal? Why do you think some of these coaches are re- – how many active coaches – let's take a look at that for a minute. Help me out, guys. How many active coaches have Super Bowl championships? Let's take a look at that. Belichick, 
Carol, Reed, Tomlin, Arians, McCarthy, Harbaugh, seven NFL head coaches out of 32 teams have Super Bowl trophies. Okay? You think it's that easy to win? Seven. Seven guys have championships. Kivo, it's a great comment. And that number is 927. Kivo just said this. He goes, Sills, you got to add the rushing, the rushing yards and the touchdowns. You're correct. That's part of the offense. Okay, you're, you're right. 927 yards he's trending to, which would be incredible. Yes, Chris, John Harbaugh has one. Yep. Seven guys. And by the way, too, there's no question that's part of the evaluation, the versatility on being able to get out into the perimeter like that and breaking down edges on defenses. No question about it. No question. No question. YouTube user. Okay, hang on here. 215, Doug is a Super Bowl winning coach. However, he had very little to do with it. To do with the success, it was Reich, DiFilippo, and Carson before the knee injury. I'll tell you what, Frank Reich looks like he was a major part of that team, didn't he? Okay. It'll be eight when Doug P returns next year. Yeah, it just all depends if one of those coaches that won ends up getting fired. Could you see Jerry Jones making a move at head coach if the Cowboys get knocked out in the first round? (laughs) Cowboys get bounced in the first round by the Rams or Buccaneers. You'll see a change in Dallas. Saint says Wentz was more worried about what people were saying about him. I don't know if I buy that. Okay, seriously? You know, I learned a long time. Eh, maybe that comes with age. Maybe because he's so young. Tebow, comeback player of the year. Ugh. Yeah, Thomas, we got any read in there. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. We can't pretend Carson was ultra happy being in Philly, okay? He couldn't take the heat. Hey, dude, playing football in Philadelphia? Jason Kelsey says it best. Perform and win. Ron says Wentz is the far superior quarterback over Hurts. He had one bad year, and then they bounced him? They bounced him? Dion says, I still, I still like Hurts. I do too, dude. This is Hey, by the way... Guys, let's make sure I'm not shading on I'm not shading on him. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not shading on Jalen Hurts here. I'm just pointing out here. Will the beast Davenport Wentz wasn't built for Philly. Dude, how many people are? Wait a minute. Randall Cunningham got the shit kicked out of him by the fan base at first. I mean, he had massive troubles with the Philly fan base. It was only in retirement that he understood what you guys meant and how your passions were. And and for the record, 
Carson Wentz has never thrown shade on the Philadelphia Philly fan base. He's never. He was asked a question about it a couple weeks ago, and he said, you guys are blunt. Okay? That's not a – that's fair. <laughs> Steven says, Wentz had the spine of a fish. Hey, dude, you can't have the spine of a fish in Philly. That's for damn sure. McNabb as well, 2215, right. You see all those guys that performed in Philadelphia? They didn't realize what you guys were all about until they matured and grew up. Randall and Donovan. Yeah, man, maybe those guys were really just being fair. They get up off their ass every day, scrape the ice off their windows, go to work, come home, and they want to talk Philadelphia Philly football. Nobody's shitting on anybody, man. You know, what, what, what's that famous What's that famous quote, man? I can't do it perfectly here, but I'm going to say this to you. Hey, man, you know, we can shit all over our own, but when someone else does it, you got a problem. Okay? That's how I perceive your, that's how I perceive your fan base. Same thing with the Patriots. Same thing with Steelers and Bear fans. Those are some of the most diehard Green Bay fans, too. We can shit on you. But when somebody starts to do that, you're going to get a whole earful from a village. Spa City Chop, thanks for coming aboard. Kivo, thank you, man. I appreciate it. We still definitely downgraded a quarterback when it comes. That's right, man. You did. Throwing the ability. Hurts is an upgrade when it comes to running the ball. He is. He is. I'm back on the playoff bandwagon. Hey, smile. <laughs> That's a diehard fan, dude. Carson Wentz, come back. Can you imagine if he beats Belichick this week? His renaissance as a franchise quarterback will be complete. Guys, think of this for a minute. Brand, oh, wait, wait a minute. Paul says Boston fans are worse than us. I take that as a merit badge, dude. What, that you expect greatness? What's up, Carlos? Right? What, what? Hey, go out and do your job. That's why every time, hey, you want to know the craziest thing? You guys want to, hey, go to Twitter when Jalen Rager drops a football or he has one of them half-ass efforts. This guy, get him out of here. Oh, man, like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm so happy I didn't have social media around, man. These people would have killed me. You mother, you suck, dude. We wasted a the 56 pick on you, you piece of shit. I would have went, oh, my God. I had people throwing hot dogs at me as it was. Holy cow, if he beats Belichick, man. Man, oh, man. That would, hey, yeah, hey, man. I want to hit more on that comment that Seth, Joyner said yesterday about botching up the um, development of Jalen Hurts. I want to hit up on that. Also, you know, we did the middle today, and <laughs> I, I wonder if Xander caught me rolling my eyes. You know why? We had COVID-19 protocol talk. Dude, I was good for three questions, and then I said, I'm done. I don't care. I, I, I don't care. Nobody wants to hear it, especially during the holidays. Okay, I get it, but I want to broach it a little bit because I think the NFL is coming to their senses. 
and they're not following the White House. They're actually going to follow the CDC. Just some seconds on it. I swear to you, I will not bore you to death with it. You know, the other, the worst conversation I've ever had in my broadcasting career was when I knew and I understood what PSI was. You know, the PSI pounds in a football. Okay. Dan, this seems like benching by the front office. Is Hurts actually hurt? That's a great topic. We'll hit on that. Do me a favor, guys. Hit the like button. We'll get right back to you. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Sills, National Football Show. You're on a hump day Wednesday. Thanks for coming aboard. Hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming in, man. We appreciate it. Like, you wouldn't believe. Thank you very much. Somebody posed a question here. 
Xander, if we have that still, man, I'd like to like broach that question here because I want to go into what happened last year with the Eagles in the final regular season game. Okay? Think of this for a minute. Somebody right here. Here it is. Dan, this seems like benching by front office. The Hurts, is Hurts actually hurt? Mr. Wing. Dude, let me ask you this. Is it beneath the front office to sit him with an excuse? You guys sat your players in the final regular season game last year. You sat them. It was embarrassing. You you basically threw the game. Do you believe? And, and hey, what what's it, Jonathan? I guarantee you. Ron Rivera went, I don't give a shit what the Eagles are saying. We're going to prepare for both guys, and we'll be ready to go. You can do all this stuff, and you can do all this gamesmanship. We're going to go out there and play some ball. Okay? Chris, they tanked the last game. Do you think here – now, look, a 70% Jalen Hurts in a game against – this is your player – by the way, know this. This game at the link, this is your playoff game this weekend. Eagles are in a nine hole. Washington's in the seven hole. Okay? This is almost like an elimination game here. You got to win this ball game, dog. You got to win this game. Okay? You got to win this ball game here. So, Okay? This is, without a doubt here, one of the absolutely important games. This is, yeah, hey, Paul says this could be a forfeit game. Okay, this, well, I, I, I hey, by the way, I'll get to the protocols here in a second here. I, I don't believe that the NFL is going to stick with these COVID-19 protocols. I think they'll be changed within the next 48 hours. I can promise you that. Okay, Kevin, that damn Giants game, in my opinion, I think it's going to haunt us here, man, that they didn't win that ball game and they got away from their identity and they were throwing the ball. They needed to put the same game plan that they had against the Jets, that they had against the Giants here. Here's a stat here that my man Xander just said. Jalen Hurts is 0-4 against NFC East as a starting quarterback. Completion rate, 51.9. Look at this, 6.7 yards per attempt, three touchdowns and eight picks. Wow, does that hurt? Man. Man. Tyson Hill can give you better than that. Struggled. You know, here, and get this. To make that comparison, Dak Prescott eats up the NFC East teams. He owns them. And against the rest of the league, he's kind of like the opposite of what you just saw. Not that not that poor, but he's kind of like in – but Dak kills the East. Dak kills the East. Bobby says Howard Eskin said that Hertz was still favoring his ankle while walking around today in practice. They should reschedule the game. Eric, this is football, dude. 
not the NBA or some of them other soft-ass sports. We don't, we don't reschedule games. We play outside. This is football. This is not bowling or golf or that crazy-ass NBA. Uh, we'll just take the night off. Get this. The NBA, I can't tell when they take nights off where COVID or just because the players don't feel like playing. Okay? Nick says Danny played like ass the other day. 215 says bench him. <laughs> it's so Philly. Sit that kid's ass. Sirianni announced quarterback splitting reps. Yeah, I saw that. Okay? I saw that, man. Hurts is playing for his future. Hey, man, when you got a guy in desperation, those are the guys that you – hey, let me ask you something here. When you got people fighting for the jobs at the end of the year, you know how people are always talking at the end of the year, you know, certain guys want to lay up. and, Dude, if you're fighting for a job, that sometimes is the most desperation you want to see with a player because he'll do anything to keep his gig for the ability to come back next year. Okay? Yeah, great playoffs. Great, great, great. Everybody, you know, quarterbacks and the owner and the coach get all the love. I got to play for a seat in that locker room next year. And if I'm 3-8, and eight, I'm going to play my ass off because they're going to cut a lot of folks in the offseason. Nick says, like I could see Dak Prescott deteriorating. That's the team around him deteriorating. This, yeah, but wait a minute, Nick. Nick, this, Nick brings up a great point. Nick says he sees Dak deteriorating around him. Well, guys, didn't the team deteriorate around Carson Wentz last year? Didn't that thing deteriorate around Carson Wentz? Right? Did it? Didn't they deteriorate around the Carson Wentz last year? So, uh, you know, he was throwing to who last year? He was throwing to who? God, I love Harry Mays. One of my favorite people on the planet now. Temple has just hired Texans running back coach Stan Drayton as the head coach. That's from our guy Harry Mays. So he breaks the story here for us here on the National Football Show. Temple has hired Texas running back coach Stan Drayton as head coach. I got to give him some love. Awesome. We just reported it. Awesome. Just said it. There you go. That's awesome. Thank you, Harry, for bringing that in there. Okay. Great, 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 great. Now I ask you the question here. Get this. You do know in Philly you have a college football team, right? You you do know that, right? Just, just checking. <laughs> Yeah, do have a college football team. Thank you very much, Breakin. I appreciate it. It's all good, man. Absolutely all good. Yes, he did it. 14 different online fronts through 2020. Paul says his COVID hit. Washington team is worse than the Jets. So Minshew, we look like Joe Montana. Saint says, I still think Howie made the right decision to get rid of Wentz for a first-round pick. Really? You'd rather have the first-round pick than a franchise quarterback? Not me. Saint. I asked Jimmy Johnson 
would you trade Deshaun Watson? You know what he said? I wouldn't trade him for five first-rounders. I wouldn't trade him for five first-rounders. Tyler, owl fever. Do they play at the link? <laughs> no, there's no way. Flex says Mitchie was worse than Hurts, actually. He was underthrowing. Dude, he didn't have an incompletion in the first half of that game against the Jets. Eric says, I want Allen Robinson next year. Perfect pairing with Devontae Smith. Kevin says, no, I think Carson quietly looked at the lack of talent and was like, I'm out of here. Yes, they play at the link. That's dope. I like it. Don't get too excited. Sales. Wentz will fold. <laughs> he will? Okay. What defensive free agents are out there? I promise you we'll do that tomorrow. I'll take a look at that because that's a good call. Edge rusher, linebackers. We'll see whose contracts are up. Cap's going up, too. I think it's going to be 208. Okay? I think it's going to be 208. <laughs> hey. Says, because you know my boy wants to throw and make sure that we're accurate here. He reported Wentz has zero um, postseason wins. Okay. Just to be fair. Oh, and if we're going to be fair, Aaron Rodgers is one in four in NFC title games. If you want to throw stats around, <laughs> yeah, he's one in four. I mean, in title games. The greatest spinner of the football is one in four. All right. <laughs> Boy, that Aaron Rodgers can play. Well, unless it's conference title games. <laughs> right? Uh, play at an empty empty link. That's sad, man. But then again, Mac, I told you, man, Philly's a – it's a big event city. If Temple was undefeated, that place would be packed. I'm guaranteeing it. Everyone loves watching a winner. Nobody likes watching mediocre. Okay. You don't root for 500. Hey, man, I hope we're decent. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I hope we're really good. You know, how, how, how is really good? Well, I hope we're 500. Get up. Not me. Wentz was responsible for 17. Foles took it home. Hey, guess what, Chris? In Phil Simms' second Super Bowl run, Phil was undefeated going into that Buffalo Bills game before he ended up getting injured. And Jeff Hostetler took it home. It's all good. Maniac says we are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, hey, Maniac. I heard the tickets are about eleven hundred bucks. Plane flights from Philly to LAX, I would say probably gonna cost you around a thousand bucks as well. So, you know, I mean, getting the Uber and all that. This thing's going to be a $3,000 event for you to take, you know, yourself to the Super Bowl. So, like, if Philly's going, man, those players are going to have to come out of pocket three grand. Man, wow, I don't know. Well, they get the – wait a minute. They get the tickets for free. You get two tickets when you're an NFL player. You get one for yourself and one for whomever that you want to take to the game. They give you free – they give you two tickets to the Super Bowl. 
Most players sell them. I used to sell them. Get about fifteen hundred bucks a pop back in the day. Probably they're probably getting ten grand. And if Brady and Belichick are in the thing, good night, man. Would I love to sell those, man? Whoo, maniac. <laughs> hey, if it me, hey maniac. Me too, dog. Hey, me too, man. Me too. Let me take a time out here, man, because Xander knows we got to pay some bills here too. So let's do that. We'll take a look at it again. I want to talk. A tad bit, okay? A tad bit, not a lot, about this COVID stuff that I think is going to change. We'll do it next. Keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Eastside Monster, how about it, man? I like the new graphics. Anything that makes Big Sills look thinner. <laughs> Anything, man. Oh, man. 
Holy cow. Looks great, though, huh? Absolutely, man. We welcome everybody aboard. By the way, do me a favor. Please hit that like button. Guys are great, man. Eastside Monster, you could feed the hungry ordering $3,000 of pizza. Dude, not in L.A. you can't. Not in L.A. That's worth about what? Five trips of gas and maybe 10 boxes of pizza, plain crust. By the way, I saw somebody throwing toppings on my pizza. Maniac, dog, thin crust, extra oil, burned a tad, a tad, I say, on the underneath. You got to have a roasted bottom for big sills. I don't. Thin, thin crust. And by the way, I want to be able to take that piece of pizza and I want to go like this with it. Before I even bite it, the shit's just dripping in your, in your eyes. Manja. I done. My boy Trevor from Connecticut. Colony Pizza, baby. Hey, Dion. There's no pizza places in California. Okay? They, 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 don't, they don't serve pizza in California. They, they serve like pot pies in California. <laughs> Somebody gave me a piece of pizza and they go, this is the best pizza you've ever eaten. And I'm like, I highly doubt that. You don't know the places I've been. New York, okay, Philly, Boston, okay, Chicago's got good thin crust pizza too. Pittsburgh shockingly does, okay? Yeah, hey, Paul, pineapples? No, no, no. Paul, remember this. When you eat a pizza in California, it's got a lot of fruit on it. <laughs> Is that a pineapple? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't eat... I don't eat pineapple on my pizza, dog. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that lettuce? I don't eat lettuce on my pizza. Hold on. What is that? Is that like that imitation meat? Uh-uh. I don't think so. <laughs> hey, wait a minute now, Kevin. If you want to drop some loving on it, and you want to drop some California uh, sense of me on it, what, what, hey, remember Todd in Caddyshack? Well, you see, this is a little bit of California sense of Mia and a little bit of Kentucky bluegrass. And I grew it myself. And then, by the way, you could play 18 holes on it and you can get your stone to the bejesus. <laughs> That's one of my favorite characters, man. Murray goes around with a rifle in a 12-pack of beer, and he's like, okay, varmint. <laughs> what up, Corey? Appreciate it, man. Right? Oh, hey, hey, smile. I went out. I, I lived in Vienna for like a whole summer, almost a year, actually. And, hey, man, that, that, they gave me this pizza. I thought somebody threw up in the middle of the pie. I said, I'm not eating that. That, that, ain't, that ain't happening. Big sales don't eat that. Yeah, grapes on my pizza, Lou, no work. Uh, no working for me. Uh, no way, man. By the way, man, I got a great text from the dudes at Geno's. They finally responded. They were like, Sills, let me know when you're in town. I'm like, hey, man, Bruno and Eskin and all them dudes, tell me, man, you're the place. So I'm, I'll be stopping by there, man. I told him, man, all good. He goes, what's your favorite? I said, well, I like Scoongeal. I like, I like Calamari, okay? I'm not so high. I, I like Calamari not, 
Not fried calamari either. You know, I, I got to tell you guys, I was going to talk about COVID, and then I just realized I'd rather talk about pizza at Geno's. Yeah? But hey, Paul, I'd rather talk about cheese whizzes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't eat Geno's, okay? <laughs> yeah, man. So, like... This morning, or we were doing the middle, and by the way, I love Harry, but the conversation about COVID is so nauseating. It, it just, I, I, I asked three questions, and I just stopped, and I started, and I wasn't shaking my head at anybody. It was just, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't, I don't care anymore. I think I'm like every other American out there. I just don't care. Okay, I think the protocols are bullshit. I do, and now the NFL according to Ian Rappaport, are now saying that it's time for people to get them likes up. That's right, dogs. What's up, man? We're a little low in the likes today. Guys, please make, make sure you hit that like button. Thank you again. Thank you for reminding me, guys. You guys are spectacular. Eastside Monster, doesn't it? Right? Yeah, Chris, over it, man. See, get this. This is what I'm saying about this platform here. You guys constantly direct the content. You know why? Xander told, told me and taught me a massive lesson about this format. Bro, if you're talking about shit people don't want to know or not interested in, they have so many more options to go somewhere else. They don't have to give a shit about what you're talking about anymore. Like on the radio, you know those guys that talk an IP and the Fanatic? Those guys all talking about shit they like. You know, consumer walks into a restaurant and goes, this is not what I want to eat. I'm out of here. That's kind of what YouTube is. This is bullshit. I'm out of here. I don't want this stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude, Tyler, the false tests galore stuff. So this is, hey, in closing, the NFL is going to start doing this. You watch. Because there's no way there's too many teams now that are being affected, and you're in the stretch run. Playoff seating is going to be determined now. The NFL is going to backtrack. Remember they said, well, there's going to be forfeits. But now you know what's happening? These are the people that have been vaccinated and with boosters now coming down with it. The league's going like this. No, no, no. Can't have it. Yeah. Hey, Akhtar says we're in Pittsburgh. Hey, Oakland area. Oakland, I'll get the name. There's a good pizza place in Oakland. Right around there, it's a suburb of Pittsburgh. It's pretty good, dog. The best I've had was an Italian family from Italy in Concord, Mass. Thin crust, oil fresh tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, oil and basil. Oof, good night. How you doing? John's Roast Park. Roast pork next time you're in Philly, Sills. You'll thank me later. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I think the last time, dog, I was in Philly was for Army-Navy. I think that was in 19. I think it was 19 I was in Philly. Maybe it was 18. I remember. I, I think it was one of them. But I've been there a couple times. Where's the oregano? <laughs> Must be holidays, right? Must be the holidays. So, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, so, man. So, they're splitting time. 
in walkthroughs with the Eagles. No, yeah. Jalen Hurts might not be ready to go this weekend. <laughs> Dude, no shit, man. You talk, keep talking to me about that pizza. I love great pizza, man. I like a great dish of spaghetti and homemade meatballs. Italian, here, here. Italian food. I like Italian food. I love Chinese food. I love Cuban food. I do like some Greek food. I'm good. I like soul food. I know that might shock you, man. But I do like some soul food, too. Okay? I do, man. Yeah. Italian food, though, bro. I was brought up on it. Hey, guys, hit that like button, man. Thursday football. How about this? Chiefs and Chargers tomorrow night. That thing's going to be off the chain, man. That's going to be a great football game, too, tomorrow night, too, to kick off week 15 of the NFL. Hey, man, do me a favor, too, please, guys. Um, you got to make sure you do this here, man. Make sure this first hour, you guys get that like button up. Get that baby up, man. I appreciate it, okay? All right, hour two, we got Howard Balzer coming on with us, and Howard's going to give us a little bit of his spin on what's going on as we make this playoff push. Guys, I love you, man. Hour two coming up. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. 
Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. Thanks for coming aboard. Hour two, Howard Balls are bottom of the hour. Sports Illustrated covers the Cardinals and the National Football League. We'll get his spin on week 15 of the NFL as it starts really tomorrow. What a great football game too, right? Justin Herbert's going to be playing and Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be a hell of a game. Great AFC West matchup too. Real quick, before we get into hour two, let me throw this at you here about Steph Curry. I'll get to all your spins here in a sec, guys. Guys are awesome here. Thank you so much. By the way, hit that like button. Guys have been great on it. So Steph Curry last night broke Ray Allen's record for the most threes by an NBA player. Do you see the crowd at the Garden cheering him? I was like this. Not me, man. I don't give a shit how good he is. If I was a New York Knicks fan, I'm not cheering that dude. I don't care how good he is. I root for my team. I'm loyal to the soil. I don't do that stuff, man. Okay? I don't care who you... Now, the only way I'd root for Steph to do something is if he was a Nick at one time. Okay? I mean, that ain't happening. Man, I, I was like this. I was like, man, them fans in New York are snowflakes. Dog, man, you're cheering a dude that's the enemy coming into your building, Madison Square Garden. He breaks a record on your floor, and you're cool with that? Not me. <laughs> you ain't breaking any record at Lincoln Financial if I'm an eagle. I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to break your leg. You, hey, you, you're going for a Russian record? Bro, you ain't getting out of that. You get the record, you're going to know you earned it. I'm not laying down for anything like that. I I just thought that that was the difference between Philadelphia and New York right there in a nutshell. Can you imagine Steph Curry breaking that record against the Sixers? They shit all over that guy. Nobody's rooting for him. Now, get this. And Steph Curry's a cool dude. He's easy to root for. I, I get it but not against my team, man. Right? Yeah, hey, Sills is from Connecticut. You're right. Okay? I am. I'm an aristocratic Italian. I don't. That's right, man. But I'm just telling you, if I lived in one of those cities and one of those guys were doing that on my floor, not me. Mm -mm. <laughs> hey, wasn't that really great? That Steph Curry broke the record for the most threes at Madison Square Garden against our Knicks. Listen how that even sounds. Some would go, you guys need to lighten up because, you know, it's historical. Fuck that. I don't care about that. I, I, I don't care about, well, it's really great. Look, good. Go do it on someone else's floor. And I'll go, yeah, that was a great moment. That was a great sporting moment. Great. Not on my floor, though. Am I wrong when I, hey, guys, am I wrong when I say that? Is that too over the top? I was like this. I don't, I, you know, 
I don't know, man. Maniac says, like Michael Irvin, right? <laughs> Pasquale says 76ers didn't allow it. Right on, man. Hell nah, 215. Eric, no way. I agree, man. I just not working for me. Did they cheer for Brady when he threw his 700th TD? Yeah, he was in Tampa when he did it. And Beat said, not in my house. I agree, man. We did cheer for dog. Yeah, but see, dude, Mike, he was an eagle, though. He had earned his stripes as an eagle, welcoming a guy home or like when Iverson came home and he was with another club like he was with Denver or whatever the hell it was. I'm all right with that. A guy like Andy Reid coming back to Lincoln Financial. I mean, I'm all right with that. Giving the guy about 10 seconds worth of cheers and then back to being it's you versus us. I'm all good with that. But Steph has no tie to New York. He has no affiliation with the New York Knicks at all. Okay? There's no affiliation. I don't know. I just may, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just, again, get off my lawn, old guy. I hate that stuff. I don't know. I just, um, hey, MJ, Iverson was a great quarterback. He got a lot of, get this, Allen Iverson got a lot of college football offers to go play college football at major, major programs. Iverson was one of the best athletes. He was, man. He was really heavily recruited. I know Bobby Bowden and Florida State were looking at him. They may have even offered him. Yeah, I know. I, 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 think, I think Iverson was offered by Florida State. Go ahead, Maniac. Andrew Sills. You're a regular <laughs> Vinny, Vinny Fadiola. I got you, man. <laughs> Whoever the hell that is. Vinny Fratarola? All right. My pen name is Vito Anafermo. <laughs> yeah, make all checks payable to consolidated garbage. Thank you. Oh, wait. Certified checks. Thank you. We don't take credit here. And, and by the way, no refunds and no credit. How you doing? <laughs> all checks payable. Consolidated garbage, please. And cashier, like I said. Let's see here. Chris R. Then he got the NBA and refused to pass the ball. <laughs> Come on, Chris. AI was dope, dog. AI was great, man. Did AI ever open that gun shop? Tyler, I'm not going to comment on that, man. You kidding me? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see here. Mitchell will be the king of dink and dunk if he plays against Washington. Lou, if he plays against Washington and he puts up the kind of performance he did against the Jets, they win that game, and they even their record is 7-7. Seven and seven. And if I'm not mistaken, not only is that a good drink, but I think that puts him right there in the 7 or 8 hole. Okay, because and I think that almost eliminates Washington from the conversation of being a playoff team, because then that means their record will be six and eight. I think they're going to be out of the room there. And Z says, after looking into our draft positions and the options that are available in those spots, trading our picks to get a top quarterback seems to be the best option. So you want to go free agency. And you want to go down that line and be more in the free agency line 
and be in that line and go after a Deshaun Watson, or you want to go into a, okay, okay, you want to go more into that line and be in that positioning there to go after one of the veteran guys. Now, this is kind of what Seth Joyner said. Okay, if you're going to, he said this yesterday. By the way, go back and listen to that interview. It was spectacular. He was great. He was great. I don't want to be Jim Rome. That interview was the best. I was so epic and iconic in it. No, Seth said some great things, man. He thinks that the Eagles absolutely destroyed the development of Jalen Ertz from the get-go. Think about that for a minute now. Okay. All the things that they're doing up in New England, how they're developing him. And aren't you noticing it? Watch. Giving him a little bit more of a leash. He's not going to throw interceptions. Belichick doesn't tolerate two things. By the way, can I give you guys a little insight that Jimmy Johnson told me about Belichick and his fundamentals? on how he trains people. Follow me here, guys. Do you know that all wide receivers and running backs and tight ends are not allowed to stretch for the end zone? They they don't want you stretching for the end zone. More so than not, they believe it results in turnovers. You're not allowed to do that. They take every single element on potentially you turning the ball over out of the game. They they don't go with the metrics and the numbers all the time because Bill's kind of a – he's kind of a game situation guy. He sees what's working in the game. He's fabulous at it. By the way, his in-game adjustments, he's sensational. Kevin, that is the Belichick system. You're not allowed to reach for the end zone. Not at all, man. Okay, but look what they've done, dude. They've kind of systematically breadcrumb this guy, haven't they? They fed this guy breadcrumbs. Hey, come a little more here. You're not throwing it in bad weather. You have not proven anything where you could throw in bad weather. This guy played in Alabama. How many bad weather games has he played in his life? Right? Think about that. How many bad weather games has Mac Jones ever played in? None. I mean, he's got maybe rain in Gainesville, but this guy's not playing in, like, freezing cold weather, snowing, ice on the field. He's never played in shit like that. He has no idea what's ahead of him coming up here in December and January. He has none of that. And they're preparing him, and they're preparing the team by running the ball. Seth's point was, why didn't they do this from the beginning with Jalen Hurts? Tyler, right. Dude, that's my coach Jimmy Johnson's philosophy, Tyler. You win the turnover battle, you win almost every game you're in. Think of this for a minute. If you just won that stat, right, Tyler? Let's do this over 10 games. Watch this. If you win the turnover battle in any football game, no matter what the stats are for a team, if you win the turnover battle, what's the percentage of you winning out of 10? 70%? 75% of the games, I'll take that odds. If you told me I could go to a, a slot machine in Vegas and I'd win 75% of the time, I'd be a millionaire inside of an hour. 
Okay, right? 75% of the time, you're telling me I'm going to win games if I win the turnover battle? Shit, man, that's going to be my number one priority. That's going to be the number one thing. Not passing yards. Rushing yards, kind of. But turnovers, dog. Turnovers and no penalties. Jay, I'll tell you one thing about Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is better with Gardner Minshew on the field. That's a fact. He even looks better. They're struggling on getting the ball. I'm going to give you a stat here, okay? Let me give you this here. So Devontae Smith is on pace for 62 catches, 863 yards. What do you think of that year for your number one draft choice? What do you make of that year? What do you make of that? 62 catches, 863 yards. You know what I look at that number and say? Sounds pedestrian to me. Okay. Some would go, well, wait a minute, Sills. It's the quarterback. <laughs> okay. It ain't your old line. It ain't your running game. What's the excuse? Why aren't why isn't this guy on pace for Jameer Chase numbers in Cincinnati? Why, why isn't he? And by the way, and a lot of this is not on. Devontae Smith. I'm not blaming Devontae. I'm blaming him for being on the team he's on. By the way, I look at those numbers, 62 catches at the end of the year, if this is what the numbers come down to. Kevin, hang on for a second before you say it's shit. 62 catches, 863 yards. What were you kind of like expecting a wide receiver in that offense to do? 1,400 yards, 10 catches, 10 touchdowns, 100 catches? Were you expecting that? Because I wasn't. You're never going – here. Here, watch this. You think you're ever going to see a 100-catch guy in Jacksonville – or not Jacksonville, but Baltimore. You think you're ever going to see a 100-yard or a 100-catch guy in Jacks- um, geez, Baltimore. Do you think you're ever going to see a 100-catch guy in Tennessee? Do you think you're ever going to see, with this current system that they're running right now in Philadelphia, do you think you're ever really going to see a 100-catch guy with the Eagles? Not in your life. That's right. Michael can't. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah, Bobby. Yeah, he may be good at something else. I don't know what it is. Fortnite, maybe? That dude is not, not good. He's not. Maniac says, I want Chad Johnson numbers. Eh, okay. You want 1,400? Well, that's what this guy's supposed to be putting up, isn't he? Eastside Monster says maybe it's a good thing easing him into it. Bro, Eastside, hang on. I got it, Andrew. It is a yawn. Those numbers are yawn. Easing him in? He's a first-rounder. I'm not easing anybody into anything. You think they're – They put Mac Jones into games, dog. They ain't easing him into anything. They're just putting a system around him. And if you want to call that easing him in, he is starting. And by the way, Belichick was right to go with Mac Jones and not Cam Newton. You don't think Cam Newton would win more games than what Mac's doing now, do you? I don't. Because he follows the system. Actar, he was great yesterday, man. And by the way, we had a great conversation. 
Mike says 80 catches, 900 yards was my prediction. Well, you're not far off. You're right there. A little low in the catches, but not um, but but not that far off. Actar says, love listening to Seth. Should be our defensive coordinator. How about him offering up his services to help the linebackers fundamentally understand what it's about to be a um, linebacker in our sport? Devontae needs a passer. They all do. They all do. Do you guys remember that guy that played in Pittsburgh? I think his name was Mike Wallace. Do you remember him? I think his name was Mike Wallace, if I'm not mistaken. Remember he got traded to the Dolphins? Had a great year in Pittsburgh. For some reason, I, I, I think his name was Mike Wallace. Man, he got down to Miami, and it was a big haul of draft choices that Jeff Ireland, the then general manager, gave Pittsburgh for him. It was a colossal train wreck. Colossal train wreck, man. And if that's right. That's right, Maniac. And if you remember right, they got down there and it was Ryan Tannehill couldn't get him the football. That's not his strength, man. That guy's a third down passer and he has to have a running game to boot with it. Kevin, Seth camp for Philly linebackers, man. Man, I loved a dude. Seth was on one of the greatest defenses of all time. That gangrene defense was special. Seth would hurt their delicate feelings. I think that's pretty true. Okay. Time says Seth also said players today can't be coached like the guys in the past. They require more emotional support through the process. You know, my coaches will look at you and say, either you do it or you're not in the game. Let me tell you, hey, Mike Wallace ended his career in Philly year after the Super Bowl. Really? Let me tell you what my coach Jimmy Johnson would say to you. I may have said this to you guys. So Jimmy would walk over to all the guys, man. I'll use my Miami experience with him, Hurricanes. And he'd walk over and go, hey, man. He's sitting next. So we had a guy named Selwyn Brown next to me. And Selwyn played DB, and Jimmy walked right up to him and go, Selwyn, hey, man, just let us know if there's anything you need for us to make you a better player. Really appreciate it. Just let me know. Let Dave Campo know. Let us all know. He walks away. Selwyn goes, what the fuck was that? And I go, <laughs> I think that's a subtle way of saying you better get your ass in gear. He goes, well, what, you think I'm playing bad? I go, I'm not the coach. I don't say I'm not saying anything about you, brother. He goes like this, man. Jimmy comes over the next week and goes, hey, Selwyn, that guy got that plus 25 play on you last week, man. I mean, was there something that you didn't see in that game against Florida State? What was it? Let us know. He walks away. Selwyn goes, Damn, that's the second week in a row he's done that. I said, dude, there won't be a third week. I can tell you. Sure enough, man, week three, that fucker was not starting. And I was like this, hey, man. <laughs> hey, you're not going to tolerate that kind of stuff, dog. Right? MJ says Jalen looked dejected and depressed at his press conference today. He knows Mitchell's starting. Anklegate is real. He said he will be available. He's not playing. No way, man. No way. 
Gardner Minshew, a.k.a., you ready? Pete Mitchell from Top Gun. Goose. Yeah, baby. Going to Miramar. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yeah, I'm going to get my wings again. Put my jacket on. My hairy armpits. He's so Philly. Those hairy armpits. Someone needs to get to him and go, Manscaped, bro. Don't raise them armpits again. Okay? That ain't good. Ankle gate. We got it. Yeah, hey, hey, Forte. Right? Buzz the tower, Goose. We're doing it. No, please, please, please. An admiral's daughter, too. It's not good. Oh, Gardner Minshew. He's starting against the Washington Redskins this week. Good night. Holy cow, man. Anklegate. How he came in and went like this, guys. Okay, we're on a sensitive line here, and this is a line that has been cleared through NSA. No one knows. We are going to sit Jalen Hurts, even though he's 85%. We're sitting him, and we're putting Pete Mitchell in. Yeah, hairy armpits. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, the guy that was chest bumping his old man. I think that was his old man. Was it? Well, okay, I don't know. It was the dude that used to sit at the third seat at the bar at Geno's? No, it was his dad. Is this a secured line? Are we being taped? <laughs> yeah, wait. Howard Eskin's taping us? Oh, wait a minute. Angelo's taping. Angelo, what are you doing on here? Angelo! How did Angelo Cataldi get on? What are you doing on here, Angelo? You're a Syracuse guy anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Gardner Minshew. Get another week of that, dude. All right, man. Hey, listen, I want to get in some information on what's going on in week 15 of the National Football League, man. I cannot wait to talk to my friend and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter from Sports Illustrated, Howard Balzer. He's next. Keep it right here. By the way, Hit the like button, guys. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, 
visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy Dan Cilio. Had a lot of fun with him. We're going to do that tomorrow too, by the way. Oh, by the way, next time you go on with Harry, make sure you check him out. Okay, I think Friday, everyone's back in the building for that show. Make sure you go to Barrett. Hey, man, don't you do a show with Seth in Philadelphia? For NBC, the local affiliate there, <laughs> Ben Harry was like, we never get him on. Why not? He's my boy. <laughs> I think Seth, hey, I, really, I think Seth did that because I'm boys with uh, Gary Cobb. And, um, yeah, and, and he loves Gary Cobb and, of course, with Jerome Brown, too. And he knows I played with Jerome and all that, too, so. Yeah, so it looks like Gardner Minshew looks like he could be the starter against Washington this weekend in week 15 of the NFL. By the way, man, it's been a little chaotic today, and there's no question. The person I turn to when we want to get some information when it comes to the National Football League, it's our friend Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated. And, Howard, I want to start it out here. You know, it looks like to me that the NFL is looking at how they put all these protocols in place for all these players at the beginning of the year, they went out of their way to make it more difficult for the unvaccinated to have to go through these stringent protocols. I'm not saying right or wrong on that, but they also made it so that if you were vaccinated and you had the booster, that you would be able to have a lesser of the protocols affect you being around the team, going to train table, traveling, working out in the weight room, Okay, well, now it's coming down. People that have been vaccinated with the boosters have these plus um, tests that are coming back with a result that is a positive. Now the NFL, it looks like, according to many sources, are saying that they're going to back off on some of these protocols because you've got home field advantage in these next four games. I think that are going to be determined here. And you've got key members of players. Like, I know Baker Mayfield's going to be out according to anything right now. How do you see this thing playing out in the next 48 hours? 
you would think, Dan, that something is going to be done because I think this surge that we've seen the last three days has taken everyone uh, by surprise. And I mean, I went back and looked at the numbers and in September, there were 26 positives in the entire league. In October, there were 24. In November, there was a spike. It was attributed holidays, all that. It went up to 79 for the entire month of November. Right now, Dan, in the last three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there have been 73 players put on reserve, COVID, and another 21 from practice squads. They separate them. They're on practice squad COVID. But that's 94 players have gone on reserve in the last three days, and all except two were positive tests. So everyone's wondering what. Some people said to me, well, is this the result of Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving was three weeks ago. And so you wouldn't think you w- that's what everyone is wondering. Why is there this surge now? Well, guess what? There's a surge in the country and it's hitting everywhere with the Omicron and all this as this has spread in the last couple of weeks. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. One little bit of perspective, though, and I think we do have to keep a little bit of perspective here. Now, although one thing I will say is last year, last year when they were testing every day of everybody, and of course there was no vaccine then, last year, as of December 12th, there had been 187 positive tests in the league. As of December 19th, there were 201. Right now, Dan, we're we're somewhere around 350 since 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 August 1st and a big part of it is the last you know is the last month or two but the one point i wanted to make is so that sounds huge okay you know 200 last year 350 this year 150 players it still is a very small percentage of all players and i think that's one thing that's kind of overlooked here I'm not saying there's not an issue that should be addressed but it comes to somewhere between 2.5 and 3% of all the players that are on teams now I'm not just talking about 53 on the roster. I'm talking about practice squad of 16, injured reserve players that are around. You know, there's guys on injured reserve that are testing positive, that are around the team or rehabbing, are doing this and that. So my estimation, there's about 2,500 players that are with teams right now. And so the number of positives in these last few days, like I said, it's a small percentage. But you don't want this to continue growing. And that's the thing you have to be concerned about with the holidays coming, cold weather. All these issues are part of it. And so I'm going to be very curious to see how the league and the NFLPA reacts. I know the NFLPA came out today and said you know, they had wanted daily testing all along and saying that when you only test once a week, some of these guys who test on Monday, they might have been walking around with it for the last four or five days and spreading it to other people. However, There's only a handful of teams that have had surges. The Browns have. The Rams have. Other than that, there's a lot of teams have had tests, but not multiple guys where there's eight, nine, and ten, and more than that that those two teams have had. So you wonder if they would really made it that much of a difference in those other teams if there had been daily testing. But perhaps in these teams that are having surges, there could have been. I mean, Odell Beckham, you know, all these Rams guys tested positive yesterday the day after they played the night before well obviously these guys were playing with it and traveling with it most likely and 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 had it for a few days so that's that's the crazy thing about all this 
No question. And, you know, you know where I'm going with them changing these protocols is that John Merrick came out today and said, we're just going to have to learn to live with this thing here. That's true. That's what makes me believe that the owners know this. Okay, we're coming down to the final four games of the season here. We're going to have divisional matchups here. These are going to be games that are going to determine who truly makes the, I think, the playoffs and then potentially has home field advantage. I mean, especially in the NFC. Look at what you have now at the top of the NFC here. you got Cardinals. You've got Buccaneers and Packers all wedged in there right now. And you start taking key members off those football teams. I got to tell you here, and by the way, just for a little side note here for you too, Howard, you know the one guy that won't be tested again will be Aaron Rodgers because there's a loophole in the thing that once you come down, you're not tested again. How funny is that, that an unvaccinated guy is actually in the loophole where he won't be tested again and he won't be part of that whole thing. I think it's going to be interesting, like you said, over these next 48 hours to see what happens here. I want to throw this at you here. You know, what do you, let, let me let me take you to where we are. We're, we're, we look at the Philadelphia Eagles a lot, and I want to ask you something. What do you think is the most important priority for this Eagles team with these final four games? Now, they're sitting in the nine-hole, Howard, and Washington, who they play this weekend, is in the seventh spot, okay? So both records are the same, six and seven going into this. This is, in theory, a playoff game if they want to try to potentially stay in the playoff race. But Philadelphia's in a peculiar spot here. There's there's talk that maybe Minshew starts this weekend too. Hurts is still limping around a little bit. Is it more of a priority? What would you want if you were in that organization now? Is it a priority for you to make the playoffs or is it a priority for you to get a decision at the quarterback spot if Jalen Hurts is the guy? Well, I think you can make a case that both are important. I mean, because anything can happen in the playoffs. We've seen that enough. You get hot in these last four games and who, who knows what can happen? I mean, look at Tampa. Now, granted, I'm not going to say the Eagles are Tampa Bay. No, but, but they they kind of remind you a little bit of 17, you know, where well, yeah, they didn't well, yeah. really have and, a solidified starter. look at the Bucks last year, they didn't have that tough a schedule yeah. down the stretch, but they won their last four games and then went on the road three games and got to the Super Bowl. Granted, they had Tom Brady at quarterback. But I think from the Eagles' perspective, you, you know, you, you get in and the, the, as balanced as this conference is, I mean, who's to say, especially when you're playing well at the end of the year? You mentioned they're playing Washington. They've got them again in a couple of weeks, and then they finish with Dallas. So if they finish on a run, I'm not saying they will, but that that's a plus for any team, I think, especially when you have a lot of young guys just playing in important games. And even if you lose in the playoffs, that's still experience that is, is a good thing to have. But the quarterbacks, you know, I, I don't know if, if they if, – it'll be interesting if they get in the playoffs and Gardner Minshew continues playing and, and, and playing well, everyone talks about his personality, his intangibles, his leadership, that, that could result in a tough decision uh, for the Eagles. Cause I think they've got a, a pretty darn good quarterback to develop in Jalen hurts, but you do wonder at some point is, is Gardner Minshew going to get a true chance an opportunity to start? Uh, with somebody in the NFL because we see what can happen when players get that chance. And so I, 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 I think, like I said, I think both things are important for that football team coming down the stretch. Okay. I'm going to start this off and I'm going to be a little crude here. I think urban Myers, a bullshit artist. <laughs> and I've always thought he was when he was in college, the table was always set for him. This guy was born on third base. You don't get that thing when you're in the NFL, Jimmy Johnson. I think the reason that he was successful, Howard, and I don't know if you subscribed to this. I think that one in 15 season 
taught him every single pitfall that every coach is going to have to go through. And it taught him the most important thing. You've got to have patience when you're building a franchise. You can't have knee-jerk reactions. You've got to be mature. To me, doesn't this come off like the head coach is the least mature dude in the building? The chick in Columbus. I'm not killing him just for that. But then the hiring of the coach that had a so-called racist comments that he made at players in Iowa. The Tebow thing. Um, Calling out, you're a loser, I'm a winner. Going after players. I mean, when the most undisciplined person and the guy who's the least mature guy in the building is your coach and not your rookie quarterback, don't you think there's a problem in Jacksonville? Well, well, there's obviously a problem. And, and a big part of it is you have people talking and flapping their tongues and you wonder how much is embellished, uh, how much really happened the way it's been said, and, and how much of it is assistant coaches, if in fact they're the ones who are talking, who are basically self-preservation artists because if there's a big change here, they don't want to be you know, painted with the same brush as the head coach and it affects their careers. So all of a sudden these stories get put out. So, and, and you don't know who's doing it and, and you don't tell the extent that it's totally accurate and certain things are denied certain things. Well, yeah, I said this, I'm tough on my coaches, all those things. And what in, in this, in this atmosphere that we are in now, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why things get said and told and reported and all that. And, and who has an agenda when, when some of this gets out there, I, I don't know how they, they rectify this because may, maybe the only thing is to make, to make a change because it's pretty tough to be able to come, you know, to come back from all this. And, you know, you have Marvin Jones saying, well, it really wasn't the way it was portrayed. And, and so everybody's covering their, you know, covering your, their, you know what? And so, but it's, it, it, there's just whatever, whatever level it is, there is a certain level of dysfunction there. And, and the biggest part that you have carte blanche with stuff that's, you know, the old line, what's, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in the locker room is supposed to stay in the locker room. And yet there's guys emboldened to, to leak to their favorite reporters some of these stories. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. Obviously it's not, but you really wonder about the agendas of it. There's, there, there's two sides to every story, but so, something has to be done because you wonder if he's the guy to really be able to turn this thing around. Let's go over here to home field. I kind of broached it a little bit. Packers, Bucks, cards. Who do you have as the favorite to get home field advantage in the NFC? I, I think right now it looks like it could be Tampa Bay. And especially when you look, you, you look at the schedule. I was putting together uh, the schedules of who, of who the teams have left, Dan. And, and Tampa Bay has the Saints, Carolina twice, <laughs> and the Jets. Wow. The Cardinals have... Of course, uh, Detroit, but then they have a couple tough games against Indianapolis and Dallas, and then Seattle. And Green Bay has Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Detroit. Now, you know, Baltimore has some issues. Yeah. Um, obviously, Cleveland, with all the COVID, has some issues right now. You wonder if they'll be through it by the time they play uh, a week from this weekend. Uh, Minnesota can be a tough team, obviously. They could be playing for a playoff spot. So, it looks to me like the Bucks are primed for another end of the regular season run here and could, could potentially emerge with that number one seed. And so, but, but again, they went on the road and won last year. I, I think what we've seen with road and home this year, 
right now the road teams, Dan, have a one-game lead over over home games. It's 104, 103, and one tie with road teams. And I think when you have teams that are close in the postseason, well, you can't you can't just say the road team is you know is going to lose automatically. So sometimes I sometimes I wonder how much that home field really matters. And for this reason, you get that buy every, so that's great. You get that buy. You, you arrest some players, maybe guys who are injured. You know, get get a few extra days off. The flip side to that, though, is you're sitting around waiting, and you're not you're not sure who you're going to play, and then you're playing a team that has won a playoff game. They've already they've got a game under their belt. They've won a game and they've got some momentum now going in to play a team, yes, on the road, but a team that's been sitting around waiting. So I don't know how important a lot of times that home field it is. Granted, over time, the home team wins most of the time, but a lot of times that's because the home team's the better team. That's why they're home, because they have the better record during the regular season. So I think it can be a flip of the coin overall how important that really is. Two last questions here for you, Howard. You know, I, I was watching the Cards and Rams game, and I'm like this. You know, I, I always watch situational play calling, and for the life of me, I couldn't understand why Cliff Kingsbury was throwing the ball when they ran that football team off the carpet, and Connors was so dynamic in that first game that they played. They pounded them. Then they got into situational play calling where they felt that they had to go back and forth throwing the ball. You know, everyone's like, oh, my God, the Rams look good. It was a one-possession game. It was 30-23. The cards were still in that game. But, man, they, they they got away from the running attack. It Was there some reason because maybe injuries in the O-line or something? Because, you know, I think the Rams are susceptible to a running attack football team. Like, they're not very physical at the point of attack when a team runs the ball at them, and they've shown that all year. And the Cardinals even did that to them earlier in the year. What yeah. happened? Well, a few things. First game, when they played, a lot of the success running came late when the Cardinals had a lead. Now, that was one part of it. The, but they weren't running the ball that well. And in fact, on one of the fourth downs, on fourth and two, they ran it with James Conner, and he got stuffed. Another fourth and two, they would have made it, but DeAndre Hopkins had a very uncustomary for him drop on would have been at first down, and the play originated from the 14-yard line. But Conner just... I mean, that defensive line, obviously, you know, Aaron, Aaron Donald, it was almost as if he said, okay, everybody's saying we got all these COVID cases. We're, we're going to be in trouble tonight. Well, I'll show them. And he just had an Aaron Donald night, and he was yeah. basically unblockable. And James Conner had 11 runs in the game, and nine of them – no, I'm sorry, 13 runs, and 11 of them, Dan, total 10 yards. Of those 11 – only, a, you know, the, the, the biggest gain was two. Okay. And, and so their running game just wasn't going. And in the offensive line, they had a, a backup at left guard. And Sean Harlow had a couple, you know, crucial holding, holding penalties. And they were just, I think, out physical by that uh, defensive was it line. Murray, was it Murray running around more because he's been injured that – you know, he's not part of the running attack right now because they're trying to keep him healthy here getting into the postseason. If I remember right, in that game, wasn't he creating some plays on third down in that first game? Well, yeah, yeah he, he did create some in that first game. But prior to his injury, 
he wasn't running as much as he okay. had in past years. He's run more the last couple of weeks than he had been. And, and Monday night, it was more by, it was more by need rather than design because he was under so many pressures. Aaron Donald, I've seen two no different numbers, but take your pick. I saw one place he was credited with 14 pressures and another place was 15. Wow. And, you know, Murray was running all over the place, running the pass, running the throw, uh, or I'm sorry, running, the, you know, scrambling to run. People don't have that in a year. No, exactly. He, but he was under duress uh, most of that game. And I, I think that was a big factor for, for the way, the way it all developed. But, but the other thing that's so confounding about this team, Dan, is once again at home, they yeah. had no takeaways and two turnovers. In six home games this year, they're three and three, and they've only had four takeaways and 11 turnovers. Back on the road this week at Detroit, they're probably going to be comfortable. In, in, in those seven games that they've won, seven and oh on the road, they have 19 takeaways and only two turnovers. Their last five games on the road, they don't even have a turnover. For whatever reason, it's different at home. And that, that's why they, they half jokingly Kingsbury said after the game stunned, he said, hey, maybe we just lose and get it, get in the playoffs and be on the road. Maybe we'll be better off. <laughs> I got a question for you here. Comeback player of the year. Is it Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo? Wow. That's that. Those are two good ones. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think there was another guy that I had in my mind earlier in the season that I said, and now I'm trying to think who it might've been who, who I, I thought, man, th this is the comeback player of the year. And it wasn't one of those two guys. I'm trying to think who it was, but you can make a good, a good case uh, for both of them. I would say probably Wentz because, you know, Garoppolo was injured. Now that you're still coming back from injury, but he was injured. Wentz came back from what could have been a soul crushing season where he was blamed for everything when a lot of it wasn't his fault. Their offensive line was awful and they just couldn't get anything done offensively. Goes to a coach that knows him, uh, has a good offensive line, has a running back like Jonathan Taylor, and he's protecting the ball a lot better and playing very solid football. So in terms of where he's come back from, he, he might be the choice of those two, but I think you could make a case uh, for both of them. A lot will depend on how the season ends uh, most likely, but th those are pretty two pretty good candidates, no question. You know I have to end on a Hall of Fame note here. Um, <laughs> You know, I when I worked in the Bay Area, I was friends with uh, John Madden, living over in Blackhawk. He lives in Pleasanton, and he's just so awesome to sit around. And, you know, I used to go on the air all the time going, how can the guy with the biggest win percentage in the history of the National Football League take 20 years to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? It took 20 years, north of it, I think, to get John Madden into the Hall of Fame. And there's going to be a great biopic. Yeah. On him on Christmas Day, Fox Sports is putting it out there. Why, why, why did it take so long for John Madden to get in? Was it a Raider thing? Was it the fact that he had been so dynamic on TV? Because, you know, they held that book against, you know, I think Jerry Kramer, some of the people maybe early because he kind of, you know, took you behind the curtain a little bit, showed you some of the things that were going on in the locker room. Some people got a little aggravated with that. Lombardi vented on that book, instant replay a little bit. Maybe that was early on and why it kept him out. But why, why, why did it take so long for Madden to get into the Hall of Fame? It's a great question. And I think you touched – I mean, I, I don't think there's ever one reason why a guy doesn't get in. Some of those could have been uh, could have been a factor. could have been a Raider thing. It could have, it could have been that he only coached 10 years. Yeah. And so it's not considered Plus a Plus the postseason record, right, Howard, is not the greatest. 
Right. Well, and of course, they, they, they most of the time they would lose to the Steelers or Dolphins. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and yeah. And should that really be held against somebody? I mean, in, it, it, in time, it was realized that, hey, Marv Levy is deserving, even though they lost four Super Bowls in a row, but they still got to four in a row. And I think when that was put in perspective and when Madden was was finally ser- seriously and, and the other part of it is this, too, for a long time, it was very hard to get coaches in yeah. because they were always in their modern day time. They were always considered with players. And so that made it tough. And unless it was just all these slam dunk Super Bowls and huge, huge numbers and records, it, w- it was hard for coaches to get recognized. So I think all those things conspired uh, against him. Now, of course, they've created a separate coach category, which I'm glad they did. And so uh, guys who are really good at what they did can now get recognized and not be competing against players uh, within, you know, within the, within the 15 finalists. So, but I, like I said, I, I don't know if the TV really hurt him. And, and, you know, some people believed it was the TV that helped them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it, it didn't with me. I know when it came down to vote, you just vote on what a guy's record was. And when you started looking at it and seeing the AFC championship games and the continued excellence and, and all those things, I think it was finally realized just, you know, what a great job, what a great job this guy did. <laughs> and especially, and I think it helped Tom Flores too, just the fact that they had to work for Al Davis. <laughs> yeah, right on. Hey, you think for Mill in closing, you think for Mill gets in? I would think so. I mean, he is, he is the coach's candidate. And I think it would be an upset if you're, if you don't get 80% of the vote. I know there's some who think the overall record wasn't that great, but heck, he, tu- he, t- he, he turned around two moribund franchises with the Rams and the Eagles. And the Chiefs were mediocre when he took over, and he had them a step away uh, from the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you look at his record, and overall record, it's like 52% winning percentage, something like that. But you look at his record from the third year on in every place he was, it's, it's like 65%, Dan. I mean, they lose for the first two years as he was putting his program in, and then in year three, they make the play. The team makes the playoffs after being bad. I mean, heck, the Rams had been bad for almost a decade. They made the playoffs in year three and won the Super Bowl, and and so the Eagles made the playoffs in year three too. As did as did the Chiefs. When you look at it in that perspective, you see what he was able to do with three different franchises, which is pretty unusual. And all three of those, if I'm not mistaken, he was on the hot seat on getting fired going into those third year because you're looking at it going, Hey, I don't say and all of a sudden, like you said, the program kicks into gear and you're like, there he is again, making his magic happen. Howard should be a very interesting 48 hours in the league yeah. and a very interesting week 15. I appreciate it, brother. Happy holidays to you. And thank you. Same to you, Dan. Always enjoy it. Take care. You got it. My friend, Howard Balzer. So Carson Wentz is your NFL comeback player of the year. I endorse it. You guys let loose to the comeback player of the year in the NFL? Philly beat him up so bad. He's not even coming back from an injury. He's coming back from a broken heart. You guys broke his heart. You broke his little will. You broke Carson Wentz's will. Man, I'm feeling a little sentimental 
towards him, man. <laughs> Timothy goes, we still hate his ass. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Guys, so you let loose. So he's going to the Pro Bowl then. You know this, right? Carson Wentz is a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. Oh. So Howie got a first rounder. People are happy about that. I'm not. Okay, I'm not. I don't want a first rounder. I want a quarterback. I saw somebody on here go like this. I'm sick and tired of talking about shit quarterbacks. You're right. Time says Bucky Brooks was a Wentz baby bashing broadcasting. Bucky Brooks. You know what Bucky Brooks said? Bucky Brooks said that Baltimore should move on from Lamar Jackson and draft Justin Fields. Take that for what it is. Justin Fields? That kid's got a long way to go. That kid's got a long way to go, man. Maniac says, I want Doug Peterson back. He's like this. No way. Seth Joyner, by the way. Hey, how about what Seth said yesterday? Seth said, man, he wasn't fired. He quit. Seth believes that Doug Peterson wasn't fired. He just said, fuck it. I'm out. You're not going to tell me how to run my team. If you're going to be in the way. And kind of paraphrasing a little bit what Seth Joyner said yesterday on the program. Seth goes like this. Hey, man. I'm out. And so that's why they down. So they downgraded from quarterback and they downgraded head coach in the same process. Is that fair? Sirianni's not a better coach than Doug Peterson. And Carson Wentz is not. a. I mean, Jalen Hurts is not a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. That's a fact. Okay. So you downgraded. Got a training wheels head coach. By the way, I think Nick's done a fine job. I said it yesterday. He's a 10-time better coach than Urban Meyer ever will be in the NFL. By the way, how about this one? I think Nick Sirianni. Oh, my God, Xander will love this. I think Nick, I think Nick Sirianni's got a better chance of being a, head, a better head football coach than Nick Saban in the NFL. <laughs> Some guys are cut out to be a college guy. Some guys are cut out to be a pro dude. By the way, just for the record, though, to be fair to Nick, he was two and two versus Belichick when they went back and forth and he was at the Dolphins and Bill was there with the Patriots. He was two and two against him. Okay. So, but Nick made one drastic mistake. Nick, Nick's mistake was this. Okay. He made the wrong choice at quarterback. He went with Dante Culpepper instead of going with Drew Brees, but no one on the planet back then was going to go with that because people were telling everyone around that Dr. Andrews basically had to just staple Drew Brees' arm together. Who would have known that he would have thrown for over 80,000 yards? I mean, nobody saw that. When he got hurt in that final game when he was with the Chargers, nobody thought this guy was ever going to throw the football ever again. Okay? So Nick made the right choice. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Culpepper had an injury too. And it was a knee. It wasn't anything to his arm. So the conventional wisdom was go with Dante Culpepper. Culpepper was throwing the ball out around Minnesota. He put some great years up there. Now, when you have Randy Moss and Chris Carter, okay, throw it up. People are going to go catch that thing, right? But Carson, hey, 
your NFL comeback player of the year. This is how they're going to do it on NFL Films. A very turbulent year in Philadelphia last year. Being benched. Eagle fans had given up on him. Pizzagate. Nobody in Philly liked him. Offseason comes. The one man who believed in him, Frank Reich, makes a trade, brings him to Indy, and now he's on pace for 4,000 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, 98 quarterback rating, and a potential spot in the AFC playoffs. And he's got Belichick this weekend. Here, now go throw up. <laughs> hey, guys, I want to thank all of you dudes, man. You guys are spectacular. Thank you so much during this holiday time for checking us out. Week 15 is going to be crazy. Hey, all these, like, protocols going on with everything going on back and forth, man, there is no question, man. We're going to hear some news from the NFL front office. Do me a favor. Please hit that like button, okay? If you missed the show or any part of it, watch it a little bit later on. We can't thank you enough for coming aboard. Thank you again. We will catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6. Hey, by the way, check me out, too. I'll be doing the middle tomorrow, too, with my boy Harry May. So that's all good, man. Thank you guys again. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.